Hey, babe. We are here all by ourselves today in this show. It's just us. That's it. We are live from Kentucky, Lexington. Lexington. Yeah. We're at the National Bible Bee, so it is just going to be us today. And today we're going to be talking about the Bible Bee a little bit, but we're also going to be talking about how to raise our kids in the later years. Right. It's a very important time of life. So we're going to talk about all those things next. We talk about the church, family, theology, and even entertainment. In fact, if it's Christian, we're talking about it. This is the Mike Charleston Show. All right, welcome to the Mike Charleston Show. I forgot this. Oh, yeah, we got our crowd here, right? And it is, we are live from Lexington, Kentucky. And I am joined here with my beautiful wife, Sarah. Hello, everybody. She is here. Yeah, yeah, well... So what we are doing in Lexington is that we are at the National Bible Bee. This is our sixth year to be here, not here in Lexington. They move it around. But this is our sixth year at the National Bible Bee. And our kids have qualified, or a few of our kids have qualified for another year. Yep. And unfortunately, they did not make it to uh, semifinals. Didn't move on to semifinals. No, but they, they were did close, well but uh, they were proud. No cigar, but uh, but they did get perfect. Uh, one of them, Lydia, got a perfect oral. Which is really quite an accomplishment when you realize what it takes to get that. Yes, and that is that's kind of what we wanted to talk about here, real quick. And and and, and for your information, we're going to be talking about uh, raising teenagers, basically the the latter part, finishing well. We might call it that. I don't know, finishing well. We start out very well with raising our kids, and we we have a problem there toward the end. We don't know what to do sometimes, and that's when they need us the most. Believe it or not, we think they need us the most when we're they're really young, and, and they do. They need us the equal. <laughs> I think. Right. But, um, so if you, if you want to just skip over this Bible B part, but I would encourage you to listen on, cause this is, this, I think this is important too. Uh, but we do have time segments. You can just jump to the next segment, I guess. But I encourage you to stay on because this is, this is important. You know, we, we talk about, we were talking to a few families here, uh, at the Bible B and the number of hours that is put into studying the Bible is incredible. It is. It's a whole lot. I mean, I, I I know a lot of these kids average like eight to 10 hours a day of study. Right. I mean, that That's sounds like lot. insane. People are like, come on, give me a break. They have no life. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> For a few months. <laughs> that, that might be. But, you, you know, you talk about, like, I was telling someone, I went to Bible college and didn't study the Bible that much. Right. You know, when I was yeah. in Bible college. And, uh, and the one guy was saying the same thing. Like he, he went to this one uh, Bible college. He didn't study eight hours a day. It's, it's crazy yeah. how much they actually study and and that's the that's the thing sometimes as as we're raising our children we want to uh, and I'm very glad that we found the Bible for this reason, because a lot of, a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on devotions, mm-hmm. and and I'm not against devotions. We I think we talked about that a couple of years ago, and but we don't necessarily sit down and do family devotions. Um, our belief is more of we live it all through the day, and a lot of people say, well, so do we. And, and if you want to sit down and do devotions and have a very structured time, that is fine, but that's not necessarily us. However, by doing the Bible B, that really forced us to have a planned thing almost what we're talking about you know here's the here's the verses that we're talking about we're always thinking about they have a lot of questions 
when they're studying these passages. Right. And they, they come to us with a lot of their questions. They do. And I mean, it's a very deep study. And I mean, I know in Bible college, I took a class on the book of Acts, which right. I know I didn't do so well. But anyway, <laughs> um, but I don't remember studying it nearly as intensely as like last year when we studied Acts with the kids, like right. going through everything. And I mean, understanding cross-references and then quotes and why was that quoted from there and why, you know, just everything that yeah. goes with that is so much. Well, a lot of people think just the Bible B is just about memorizing scripture. <laughs> that would make it easy. Well, and, and, and it is. I mean, at the end of the day, the the kids have to, like Lydia's in, in, in juniors and, and Elizabeth is in seniors. The senior group has to memorize basically a thousand verses. Right. They don't have to, but if you're, you're going to make it up in the top 50, yeah. you're pretty much memorizing all a thousand verses that they give you. Right. And that's an incredible amount. Yeah, but that's really just the beginning because that doesn't count the study passage, right. which for them was, you know, Isaiah chapter 40 through 46. So honestly, like they'll have a question like in Isaiah 42 verse 7, who was, you know, who was that speaking to? And you just have to know, okay, Isaiah 42 7, what is that? Right. And who, what that's about or yep. what that cross? what a good cross-reference is for that particular verse. So really you would need to mostly memorize those chapters as well. And then the cross-references to everything in those as well as cross-references to the thousand verses, you know. Well, that's the thing. They ask you questions about cross-references. And if you don't know what cross-references are, shame on you. But no, (laughs) cross-references are just things that refer, they're similar, that refer back to each other. And uh, sometimes it's direct quotes. You know, right. sometimes it's just, it's a vague reference to it, yeah. uh, which makes it challenging sometimes. I was going to say, that makes it really complicated because I know, you know, studying Isaiah, then they had verses in um, Matthew and the, and the Gospels right. that would say the same thing, you know, like the voice crying in the wilderness, this is the voice that crieth in the wilderness. This is prepare ye the way of the Lord, this, you know, and just, and each one has to be exact, but they're yes. so similar. Yes. So it makes it very difficult. Yeah. And these kids take it seriously. And so that's the really, the, the, all of our kids have done this, you know, throughout the years, yeah. they've all participated. Now, not, not all of them have made it to, to nationals. To nationals. All right. the girls have. All, none of the yeah. boys have. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jeremiah and Joshua. Uh, but all the girls have made it to nationals. Uh, Hannah was the only one that didn't get to participate in this thing because right. of it was the COVID year. Right. And uh, so she yeah. finally made it and it was like, too bad. <laughs> you don't yeah. get to join. Yeah. Um, but they, the, the, the amount of study, the, the understanding Hebrew and Greek words, uh, doing deep dives in, in word studies on the words, yeah. um, the cross-references, knowing different things, history, that's not even in the Bible. Right. You're just studying the yep. historical aspects of when these kings reigned or the right. city, what was about the city, right. that, you know, the population of the city, what was going on during this time when yep. Paul was in Corinth or something like that. And yep. it is, you really in, get into the Bible. Right. And that is the key. That's the one thing I really like. At first, we were kind of skeptical, and I was like, whatever, this is just fun. They want to do this. But after the first year, when we all went and just seeing this it was amazing. Like, yeah. wow, these people really take the Bible seriously. Now, granted, they, we all have different versions, and we, we talked about that recently, just a couple recent ones ago. But, you know, honestly, me personally, to me, it, it, it's big, it matters. You know, I'm King James person, and it matters. But to me, it matters more that you're actually reading, studying, and wanting to do what yeah. the Word of God says, regardless, unless you're using like the living or something. I don't, I don't know. But you know, these these aren't like, yes, I don't, I don't really care for the other translations as much. But I can appreciate people studying and reading right. and memorizing and getting the Word of God in their heart as much as possible. Yeah. So, uh, and just to be surrounded by a bunch of these uh, 
mostly homeschooled, mm-hmm. uh, other weirdos like us. And uh, that's that's kind of one of the things we were very intentional. We started a camp to to get like-minded people around us. We went to the Bible Bee to be around like-minded people that take the Word of God seriously. Right. And we've surrounded ourselves at the film festival, you know, with going to the film festival with Rebecca. We try to get our young people to be around other people that take the Word of God seriously. Right. And it's just very encouraging to be around people that do take it that seriously and will devote that much time. And I know many people out there are like, well, my kids couldn't do that and they're just not smart enough. And, you know, I think that anybody can do it. And I appreciate the effort when you come to something like this and see so many kids that have sacrificed and, you know, you have to, in order to study that many hours, there's a lot that you're giving up. And so it's just very encouraging to see all the families that are willing to put such an emphasis on studying the Bible, even when it's hard, even when it means we're going to miss out on things and we can't do all the fun things everybody else is. And I really appreciate that and appreciate people that are willing to sacrifice. Well, look, you you still got to live your life at times. And that's probably part of our problem where we didn't quite make it this year. We were so distracted this year with a lot of things, but they still persevered and they studied, they, they put in their hours. And, you know, a lot of people come up to me and say, man, I wish I could memorize. And I say the same thing. I'm not a very good memorizer, but I, you know, I was thinking about, I was challenged by what Jeff was saying. I forget his last name. Uh, Myers. Yeah. Jeff Myers or something was, was speaking and, you know, he's memorizing things, and he's, he's older. He's older than I am, I, I think. He looks older than me, at least. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Jeff. <laughs> uh, but, the um, you know, he's starting to sit down and memorize, and he's, you know, and I've always prided, prided myself on having a good memory of things, not necessarily quotes of things, but, right. like, people's faces. That's starting to slip. And he was saying, you know, with the neuroplasticity, the things that they're learning, that people who actually memorize things keep their mind pretty sharp. Right. And I was like, maybe I should just, you know, I said this before, I was challenging and I dropped the ball on on this one, but uh, maybe I should get back in there and try to memorize uh, some, some, some verses. And, and it kind of reminds me of what we're talking about today with finishing well. It's like I could coast on all those verses that I tried to memorize and, and read years ago, but what about right now? Yeah. You know, what am I doing? I know you memorized a good bit studying with them. And yeah. hearing them over and over. And that's really what it is, is just constantly hearing it over and over. I don't care who you are, unless you've got some kind of mental issue that you can't retain any information. If if you hear something 15, 20 times, you're going to get the gist of it. Right. You can yeah. get most of it. You yeah, know? pretty much. I mean, that's the thing. I'm not even trying to memorize with them. Right. But when I hear it every day, I'll hear them recite to me the same passages. Well, I start to know them and can... Yep almost quote a lot of them. And it wouldn't be hard for me to cross over into being able to quote them with just a little bit of effort because I've just heard them and it wasn't even trying to memorize. I just hear it and hear it and hear it. And it's just amazing to me how like each passage develops its own personality almost. Like I flip the card to the next one. I'm like, oh, like it just, everyone has a different feeling. And I don't know, like I think Elizabeth has one in Romans 8 where it says, oh, the depth of the riches. And I don't know, I just feel like the word of God just has so much depth. And the more you study it, the more you read it, you understand more. And it's just Absolutely. And it's a good time for the young people while they have time to get it in their spirit, to get it in them. And I know someone was mentioning, I was talking to someone that they don't even know if their kids are saved yet necessarily, right. but they are getting it into their spirit. And I'm like, that's that, that's important. Your worldview is very important and you get that into your mind and, and God's going to use that one day and it's going to re, re, they're going to have those things in their mind to recall and the Holy Spirit's going to work on their life. And I mean, you put that much Bible in you and you memor, memorize that. 
you have to be pretty hard yeah. to reject all this. Right. And uh, so anyway, it, it, this is, it, it's one of our, it's, and it's a fun week. It's a it very is. long week. Um, well, it's sort of a week of luxury. I mean, they always do it at very nice places. Yes, so you get to go to a nice hotel and, you know, just live the high life for a week. And that's yeah, kind of nice. Downtown Lexington, living the high life. Okay, <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, Lexington. No, it's actually beautiful downtown here. And it's been beautiful weather. It has this been. this year, last year in Cincinnati, it was so cold. Okay. Uh, but this year, it's been t-shirt weather. I'm actually wearing my Bible Bee shirt from 2018, I think. Yep. And um, but anyway, we actually went ice skating, uh, a couple of us, and hurt my knee again. So uh, anyway, no, this is this is uh, I can't talk about the Bible Bee enough. And if you are in Louisiana and would like to be a part of it, you should contact us because Louisiana is struggling in the in the Bible Bee department. Yeah. And uh, there's other groups that have big groups, and we only have a few people in our local group, and hopefully that continues. But we'd like it to grow. I uh, met someone that's moving to Louisiana, and but he's like an hour and a half away. But uh, he's going to start one there, and, and look, this is a good discipleship thing. That yeah, that is that's a, this is a program that's well done uh, for the most part. You know the the the, um, the workbooks that they have, um, the the Bible verses they choose. These aren't just some random Bible verses. These are all the Bible's good, but these are good Bible verses right. uh, for life. And so, if you, this is a great discipleship program, this is a good way to deep dive into the Bible and to have encouragement from other people that are doing the exact same thing. It's a great reason to get together. And I even think about the one lady at the host dinner that talked about they had put a sign out for like family discipleship right. program and it was to join their Bible Bee host group. And so somebody did and ended up getting saved through the yep. process and got yep. baptized recently. And they had no idea what it was. They were just like, what is this? I, I think they didn't say Bible Bee. I think it was something like family discipleship right. or something like that. Yeah. Is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, they, they were interested and through that they got saved. Uh, and that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah. So anyway, that is the Bible B, and um, I, once again, we can put the link in the description here, nationalbiblebee.org or something like that. Yep. I don't know. It starts up in the spring next year. You can sign up for the summer study and then go from there. So. Right. So yeah. I w it's definitely in the summertime, so most people can get involved in the summertime. What we do is once you advance to nationals, you get accepted into nationals, then it becomes pretty intense. Right. But that's we'll save that for later. But anyway, we want to encourage everyone to go check it out. It is, it's a great program. It's a great resources. I, we can't talk about it enough. I think that has helped with our training of kids, um, opening up their pool of friends and influence and, and things like that, that they, they are around other people that love the Word of God. Yeah. So I can't speak about it enough. So, yeah. all right. If that was a little long for you, that's too bad. Uh, we are in a hotel room, so hopefully it is not that echoey, but we will be back and we'll talk about our subject next. Thank you for listening. This is the Mike Charleston Show. Yes, we are back, and uh, my producer told us during the break that it is the Bible, not the Bible Bee, it's BibleBee.org, not National Bible Bee, but BibleBee.org. Search it on, just search it in Google, Bible Bee, you'll find it. It yeah. comes right up there. Um, but anyway, so what we were doing this time, it's just us, yeah. and we don't have Larry and, 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 um, Larry and Chuck with us, so that's too bad. But, so we thought, well, we could talk about something with marriage or kids, because that's what we like to talk about when it's just us. Right. And I thought, well, recently you came out with a book, and 
Is this a kissing book? It is not a kissing book. No, no. It's, not. it's it's a marriage book, but it's. Um, is this a kissing no, book? No, it's not a kissing book. No, it's not. Trust me, it's not. But, I mean, if it leads to that, it might be fine. But, no, it's a marriage book, right? That's right. Uh, wives for wives. It's, right. it's not necessarily for guys. We're working on that book uh, as we speak. Not as we speak. I'm not, like, typing right now. <laughs> but the um, but we, were, we are working on that um, to get that out, hopefully, here soon. But the uh, but your book, as you, you sent it into your editor, you guys went back and forth a little bit, and there was one chapter that just didn't make sense for, right. for what you were writing. It was just like, not that it was bad. Right. No, she liked it. She just said it didn't quite fit the theme. The rest of the book seemed to be a lot about marriage and... Being a mother, not, not being a mother, being a wife. Yeah, mostly. And so this one was kind of an older parent's issue. And so she just felt like it didn't fit. And so she said, how about you save it for another book that you can write on parenting. So Yeah, so it was sure. more of that. So I thought, well, we'll take the the throwaway chapter and talk about it a little bit. Yeah. And it basically, you called it Don't Quit Yet or something like yeah. that, which yeah. I think the yet is unnecessary. But don't quit. Right. Just don't quit. And the the, the idea is that, you know, we, we, we start out well raising our kids. We're very yeah. intentional. Right. And especially that first one. And we, you know the joke, if you have a big family, by the time you get to the fifth one, you don't even know he's existing back there somewhere. But that first one, we want to make sure everything is, we got the car seat just right. We got the perfect clothes. We got the, we buy the shoes every time they grow. Whereas yeah. by the fifth, fifth one, we don't even buy shoes because we're like, what's the point? In six months, we're going to need new ones. I so. mean, I don't know how many kids I've seen, not our kids, thankfully. But, you know, with uh, two different types of shoes on yeah. each foot, it's like, well, at least they have shoes on, you know. So, yeah, but, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. but that's further down because with the first one, it's it's not like that. The f- usually people with their first kid, everything is very intentional and very thought out and very, very careful. careful and, yeah, so. they, they have all the all natural things and, oh, we're going to give our kid the best diet. We're going right. to make sure bedtimes and the we're not make sure that everything is perfect for this 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 angel. Right. And, uh, and nothing's going to ruin it. Which isn't a bad thing. That's no, just no, the way no. People, I'm it. It's just the way people start. And honestly, that's how we start with many things in life. You know, when we get a new thing, we take good care of it yep, at the beginning. that's true. And then as time goes on, you know, new car. We trash our car by the end of it. <laughs> right. Not Kenny, but uh, <laughs> the rest of us. Yeah. Right. Uh, Kenny is, buy a vehicle for him because he takes care of his vehicles. Yes, he does. Um, but no, so that, that was the idea is just that as, as new parents, we are very careful, we're very intentional, and we want to do everything the right way. And then our culture can't help but influence us somewhat. And whether you send your kids off to school or not is not really relevant at this point, but it might be later on. I don't know. When we homeschooled our kids and we were very intentional about that, a lot of the people here at the Bible be. Uh, homeschool their kids, not all of them, but uh, it was very, very important for us to give them our godly culture. Mm-hmm. You can watch that chant, you can watch that video. We did that one like, I don't know, six months ago, and on, on giving our godly culture. And um, that was very, very important to us. Yeah. Now, how to go about that, we didn't quite know how to do. It was like, okay, how do I give them my culture? Uh, once again, go watch that video, how we did that. But that was, we became very intentional on how we gave them our our godly culture. But something happens as they get older. Yeah. Well, because when they're young, we do get all the books. We listen to all the teachings. We show up to all the seminars and right. we want to make sure we do it all right. We're trying to, you know, get it right before they get too old. But you're right. By the time they get older, um, we, something flips. Something happens. And I think part of that is, you know, 
it is right that we want to teach them to be independent and well, they yeah, need to grow what up. I wanted to get there first was that as something starts to change is we get tired. Yeah. We get beat down. If you're like us, we had seven kids. And so by the, by the time you have seven kids, you are tired somewhat. And um, uh, now it, we weren't as bad as maybe some, but it was tiring. Now, if you only have one kid, you're not going to be that tired, but what a boring life. You know, it's boring life. Now, if you can only have, I'm not judging, but I'm just saying it's, trust me, seven kids in your house, you have things going on all the time. Right. And, uh, and ours is a pretty quiet household for seven, honestly. Yeah. But no, the, the, um, something happens around 12, 13, 14, where we want them to transition into adulthood and we don't know really how to do it. So most people just are hands off. Right. Completely hands off because they feel that's the best way for them to become an adult. They have to experience things. They have to learn how to do it themselves. Yeah. Which is true in it a is sense. True. And for a lot of things, that's maybe the right approach. But I feel like we take that idea too far. Right, we do. And especially at that age. Yeah. And they're being influenced by the world. You got to remember that we've lived the life, we've had our convictions, and we're strong in the Lord, hopefully, by then. They are still developing as people. They have a lot of questions. They're looking out. They're looking for answers. And if you're not going to give them the answers or spend time with them, guess who they're going to? Their friends, their peers, yes. whoever, whoever is going to take the time to listen to them and to answer their questions. Now, no offense, young people out there, but the Bible calls you fools. You know, the foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Now, you're saying, well, I'm not a child. You're a child. You know, you're, you're, you're childish at times, and it takes a while for... Look, I'm still childish <laughs> at times, but the... Um, uh, as you grow and mature, and the only way you can get maturity, young person, is by living, by getting experience, yeah. and yeah. That, that's how you, there's you can't just get hit the maturity button. Right now, parents can help in that maturity by guiding them in that, but just throwing them out there into the the deep water sounds like a good story when you're trying to teach them how to swim, mm. but it is not a good idea when it comes to worldliness and ungodliness and right. throwing them out there in the middle of Mardi Gras and saying good luck. Right. Hope you don't get a. Uh, ban- uh, um, not abandoned. <laughs> That's us abandoning them. Uh, hopefully, you don't get picked up by someone. Hopefully, you don't get, right. you know, uh, offered uh, weed or alcohol or, you know, hopefully, you can say no to all that stuff and um, without any training. And, and so, there's that transition period that I think a lot of us struggle with. We don't know how to do that. Yeah. And, and so, we don't finish well. And that's why we were talking about finishing well, that in fact, you've said this before, that the older kids actually need more of our attention than the younger kids. And I, I threw, I, I kind of pushed back a little bit on that. And I was like, come on, man, a, a six-month-old needs all of our attention. Um, well, you know. they do. But the, the thing about a six-month-old or even a, you know, just a toddler, their needs are very basic. So they need to be fed. They need their diapers changed. They need you to pick them up and hold them and rock them to sleep at times or to, to do very basic life things that they can't do for themselves, right. tie their shoes. They want you to watch them climb the tree, you know, whatever. So it just doesn't take a whole lot of thought. It really just takes you being there and caring. And But as they get older, the needs are just so vastly different and they're much harder to, need, to meet. They're sometimes harder to see. Yes. And so you have to really know your your teenagers well, your young people well to even recognize the needs because sometimes you can be like, well, I mean, they seem to be doing fine. I don't see any horrible attitudes or, you know, things that give me 
great alarm, but, um, you know, our kids, they, you know, I talk to them all the time and they have questions like, you know, about meaning of life and right. how do you, how do you know how much faith you have? How do you build your faith? How do you hear from God? How do you know the will of God? Well, it's so much easier to be like, I'll tie your shoes or watch you climb a tree than yep. it is to try to explain to you how to know the will of God, something that maybe... Especially be, when you're busy. Yeah. Like, well, I'm busy right now. And, and that's the, the big kicker mm-hmm. is that our lives are so busy. Right. That was the one thing that we did. We cut out all the busy. And I'm like, look, we're going to cut out busy. I'm not going to run them around over here and there and everything. We're a family and we're going to do things within our family. And if we do things, we're going to do them together. And so we cut out a lot of busy. But a lot of Americans, that is their go-to answer. When you say, hey, man, how are you doing? Busy. Busy. (laughs) Busy. And we're always busy. Well, if you're too busy for your kids, then you're too busy to have them. But it's yeah. too late. <laughs> you have them. Right. And they need you at this point. Yeah. And uh, this is the time of life where they are making some of the biggest decisions right. that they're ever going to make. Yeah. They're not making big decisions at eight. Nope. You know, at nope. that point, it's, it's uh, you're, you're controlling their, their anger issues or they're stealing, right. you know, and like, hey, give that back to your brother. Don't do that, you know, and, and you're constantly correcting them and you're training them. Right. Uh, but you are not like... They're not making life-altering decisions. They're not picking no. a life partner at this point. They're right. not trying to get a job right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, things that will forever change the course of their life. Right. But unfortunately for so many, even Christian, conservative homeschool families, by the time they are making those huge decisions, we're kind of hands-off. We're right. like, well, you know, it's time for them to grow up. And and yes, it's time for them to grow up. But I think, you know, we, we buy into some idea that, we shouldn't be as involved as we no, were it, when they were younger. Yeah, I was actually on the way to uh, Kentucky here. We were listening to a podcast and uh, the Wretched Radio. I'll throw it out there. You know, he's more popular than I am, so we'll throw it. But he was answering a question. I couldn't agree more uh, with his response. The question was: Should older kids um, honor or obey their parents? Mm-hmm. And the easy answer was like, and I totally agreed with this. As long as they're living in your house, they obey you, just like right. anybody in your house. Right. You're a tenant now in in your your parents' house, you need to obey them. Now, if you're outside your parents' house and living on your own, you're kind of on your own. However, it is important for that young person to realize that your parents care for you more than anybody else on the face of the earth. Even if they're bad parents, (laughs) they still care. Your friends are not going to challenge you to say no to something. They're just like, dude, everything's cool. You whatever you do, go man. For yeah, it. I'm go with for you. it. Got your back. And they don't care because if something happens to you, they they're going right. to be sad, but they're your parents really really do care. And it's just something in parents that they 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 do care. Yeah. And and maybe even if you're like my parents don't care. No, trust me, even if they're bad parents, they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to express it very well. They do care. They just don't know how. They may not be equipped to, right. to know what, but trust me, deep down inside, they don't want you to be a failure. Maybe if you know you're 19 and you've had a uh, acrimonious relationship for you know 12 years, maybe they do. Like I hope this kid fails. You know <laughs> that's very rare. But for the most part, you have uh, parents who just love their kids and they want the best. That's why they become protective or over controlling sometimes right. because they they want their kids so much to do well that sometimes they constrict them. And right. they choke them too much. Right. Well, and I mean, parents honestly don't, we don't always have the answers. Just like I was saying, when they come to you with those hard questions, I think sometimes we shy away from that and we just, you know, go listen to a 
podcast or go, you know, find out from somebody else. Like, I don't know. Right. And so we shy away from some of those things, but it's not time to, to throw in the towel. You're not done parenting and your nope. kids still need you. And, and I may not have the answers, but I can say what I know. And then I could go to God and I could seek him and like, okay, how do I answer this? How, do, how can we, you know, I, I need to know. I need, these kids are asking me questions and sure, we don't always get the straightforward answers we want, but, um, we can be honest with our kids and say, I don't know. Right, and, that, and that's the that's the joy is sometimes this is how you grow in your Christian walk. Right. You go and seek the answers. Now, you're not always going to have all the answers, and there is a time where you'll be like, you know what, son? I don't have time really to answer that, but this person answered it very well when I was reading his book. Why don't you go read the book yeah. and or go watch this video? But if that's all we ever do, they're right. building relationships with books and other people, and they're not right. building that relationship where they... They can come to dad. They can come to mom because they know that they care, and they're going to go seek the answer, even if they disagree with you at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, which I'm sure Jeremiah has at times. You know, he comes and asks all kind of questions, and um, uh, but I think he has gotten to that point. I think I hope he, he respects us yeah. and he wants to honor us and say, "Hey, what should I do here? If you know, when kids are going to come in his life here pretty soon, then you know, hey." I had parents that kind of knew what they did. Yeah, because you guys were the guinea pigs, right? <laughs> we didn't know for the first few years. Um, it would have been nice to have someone help us along. Yeah. And we had to figure this out, and we had to read books. We had to watch videos. We had to do all these things until we figured out what we were going to do. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so I'm, 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 we're, we're going off in a different direction. Okay. Um, but the older kids actually need their parents. This is the, the point I think that you really wanted to uh, harp on a little bit. Well, sometimes we think, well, they got youth groups. Youth group is not a substitute. No. Youth groups, I, we could do a whole other podcast on youth groups. I really hate youth groups. Uh, the, the whole idea, if you have a really good youth group, a youth group is designed, if you're going to have one, the youth leader should work part and parcel with the fathers and the, and the families uh, with that young person. They are not their authority. A youth pastor right. is not their authority in any means. And uh, it's just a place where young people can meet, and that's fine. But once you take that spiritual aspect of your home and, and hand it over to another man, you've you've lost. You know, right. it's it's your responsibility. So anyway, that's uh, the the youth group is not the answer. It's you, not you. They need our time. They need our effort. And I know you come home from work, you're tired, and they got questions or they're. You know, I do this sometimes uh, where they, they want to bombard, bombard me with questions and say, can we do this? Can we do this? And I'm just like, I'll think about it. And everyone knows what that means. Yeah, no. You know, I, well, I just don't have time to think about it. I just don't want to think about it right now. But I need to. I need to set a time to sit down and talk with them. Okay, what's going on? What, what's, what's your heart in this matter? Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to go to India all by yourself with no one to, to go with you? You know, that kind of thing. A little crazy. And um, you have to understand that uh, as a father, I really don't like this plan. And uh, so anyway, that it was a true story. But uh, so anyway. So, well, because we are supposed to continue to teach our kids. And I feel like if you think otherwise, I'd be interested to know where you could find that in scripture, because I don't see in scripture where there's like an expiration or you hit teens or you hit, you know, 18 and you're done parenting. Right. Like, that's the problem with American culture and Western thinking in general is that 18, I'm an adult. I can do whatever I want. And that is true. I mean, legally, you right. can do whatever you want. Biblically speaking, that's not true. Uh, we are never allowed to do whatever we want 
try yeah. driving however you want, see if you get stopped. Right. You know, you there are rules on the roads. Try doing whatever you want on your job site. Your 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 yeah. boss will fire you if you don't do what they say. Yeah. And and so there are restrictions everywhere you go. We just feel like, oh, freedom. I'm I'm 18. I'm free. And in a sense, you are. You you can do what you want. You can live where you want. You can be who you want. But if you're wise, you will pay attention to your parents. And your parents will not stop helping you along the way. That doesn't mean to get in their business and to control their lives, right. you know, when they're 18. But, you know, if I'm concerned about anybody, I am going to be like, hey, man, you sh- everything going all right? You know, there is a time when as a parent, I have a little bit more access to my children. I, I've got to be careful not to control them at that point and say, no, you are going to do this. That's not really my job at that point. You know, I feel like if I'm doing that, I failed. Right. I should have done that when they were 12, 13, 14. And by the time they're 18, 19, 20, I'm, I'm just a, a, a guidance counselor, basically, you know? Right. Well, I feel like the control thing is definitely a big issue. And I feel like when they're young, obviously, you know, as a toddler, I have full control. Right. I'm, I'm going to direct every step of your life and everything right. you do. And, and through the years, that control gets to be a little bit less where I'm, you know, at the park, I let you go a little, you go over to the swing all by yourself or, you know, and so with each passing year, the control might get a little bit less, but the involvement, the attention, the teaching, all of that right. should not go, just go away like that. Just because I feel like I don't need to control them as much doesn't mean I need to be any less involved in their lives. Right. That's where the, the, the disconnect I think happens is that we think independence means they're fine. Right. And just because they can tie their shoes and make their bed and make their supper and they can drive a car, that they're good. Right. And we've for, totally forgotten their spiritual side, yeah. their their needs, emotional side. They they I want my kids to come to us and, and talk to us about yeah. all kinds of things. And we'll we'll pry and op- get them to open up sometimes and uh, because they know we care and they know that we love them and they can trust us because we're not we want their good. Right. And if if they can't trust us to come and talk to us, guess who they're going to go to? Their friends. Right. And their friends don't have their best interest. Their friends are just their their friends are trying to figure it out too. Right. They're just like whatever, man. Just do whatever feels good. And I'm like, that's not that's not good. We need to direct them back to the Word of God. Well, well, son, what does the Word of God say? Right. You've got to have a worldview, which here at the Bible Bee has been a big issue. You know, the worldview. And that is true. What is your worldview? They don't just get our worldview by osmosis. We have to give them our worldview. We have to right. share our worldview. More is caught than taught. There's no doubt about it. Right. But we still have to teach it to them. That right. is very important. And an 18-year-old doesn't mean need me to tie their shoes or change their diaper. They don't wear a diaper at 18. <laughs> um, but, you know, I don't need to make their bed even. Sometimes I need to tell them to make their bed. <laughs> but, you know, they, they can pick up things. They can take out the trash. They can do things independently. Right. And like with our oldest, she just comes and goes. She lets us know what she's doing, but she comes and goes as she pleases. But when we have a sit-down conversation with her, she's more than willing to talk and open up. And uh, so anyway, that's... Well, well, and I think that by the time they get to the ages where they actually can start to really understand the whole, what is your worldview and how to shape that, 
um, that's when a lot of parents are stepping out of the game, you right. know, and we're just like, oh yeah, they're good. They're, they know how to do this. They know how to do this. They just got their license. They just, whatever. And so we're so proud of them, which, you know, it's great. We should be, and we need to teach them those things in order to become an independent adult. But I feel like those are the ages where now they're actually ready for you to impart the real truths that they can, right. they can understand now. Cause they're, they're starting to they're be able little. to understand those concepts right. a little bit more. Right. Whereas at 10, they catching it a little bit. Right. You know, 12, a little bit more. Yeah. 15, 16, they're really catching it. Yeah. And you need to be the one there. Uh, I think that we were telling a story before that, um, not on here, but um, a long time ago, we were talking about this, that at some point, I forget what it was. I don't know how older oldest was. And I was just like, we're like done. We're like, can you imagine? We're just like done raising our kids. And you looked at me and you're like, we're not done just because they're all teenagers now doesn't mean we're done. And I'm like, yeah, I, I know, but you know, it's like our training is done. And that was true. The training part was pretty much done. We didn't really have to correct them. They knew how to live life, you know, on their own for the most part. Now, you know, Lydia being the youngest still needed some help and, and Elizabeth too and all that. But but for the most part, they could they could run their day. Um, right. They still need us to take them places, you know, when they were that young. But the training part was over, and that's when it's like it's so easy to put it on cruise control. And we, yeah. we, that's what we talked about was putting it on cruise control. And we were guilty of this for a while, maybe like a year or two, where it just seemed like, hey, man, you guys know what you're doing. And, I, and we realized real quickly they need help. Yeah. You know, they need they need people to talk to about certain things, about adult issues. They're entering into the adult world. They need you to tell them of these things. They need you to help with their what's going on emotionally in their head. Yeah. What about the, the things spiritually that they're thinking about? They are these are all new concepts to them. Right. You know, they've been raised in our home or your home, whoever, whoever's house they've been raised in. And if you've been a Christian your whole life, they probably heard it more. But it doesn't necessarily mean they understand it. Yeah. So it's it's very 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 important to. Uh, anyway, we haven't done any Bible verses, so why don't we uh, throw in some Bible verses to make it an official Christian show? Well, so I have Galatians six nine. It says, "And let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not." And I feel like that one's just so appropriate for this because I think that's exactly what happens. We just get tired. We do, and, and that's we're human. Right. And and I'm not blaming people, and they most of the time they just they're not equipped. They don't know how to do these things, and so the easiest thing, especially for men, is we just shut down, and we're like, I'll I'll check out, I'll watch the sports game, I'll go in the garage, I'll do something that I know I can do, right. because this I don't know, yeah. you know, try having a house full of five girls. Ah, <laughs> uh, what's going on? And uh, you got to learn them, learn them. You know, you gotta you gotta figure out your kids. So that is important. Don't be weary in well doing. That's for sure. Yep. So then I have First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight says, "Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord." Yeah, I like this one. The other one is look. That's more speaking of our faith. And don't worry. And yeah, you can. We can take that verse and kind of twist it and turn it to whatever we want to use it for. But this one is really talking about our labor. And raising our children is a labor, yeah. and it's a very important labor. And I, this is a, a very good verse for that, that um, uh, don't be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as we know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It is not vain. Yeah. 
these are children that are, these are souls that we are raising up. And it's very, very important yeah, that we is, do this. Which is really true. I mean, you read Ecclesiastes and you see so many things that are vanity. And I even think about like having babies and toddlers and it's like you change a diaper and guess what you're going to have to do in another hour to right. have to change another, di- you know, and it just does seem sort it's of very repetitive and you know, like, what's very unrewarding, right? Right. At the beginning. But, um, you know, in these ages that we're talking about, and I mean, all of it's worthwhile, of course, but, right. but um, in these ages, there, there is great reward in um, teaching your children and in passing on your faith to them and seeing them grow in the Lord. Absolutely. And so, I mean, it definitely is not in vain. So yeah, no, I that, that really is like the goal. That. We, we, we have our children. We don't want them to go off to the world. We right. don't want them to accept, you know, a different worldview than ours. And that happens sometimes, unfortunately, yeah. but we can equip them and help them along their way to make good decisions and to grow up. You can't, you can't make your children be saved. Right. No. You know, unfortunately. But, no, but uh, like, like I heard someone say, you can't, um, uh, what was it? You can't make a horse drink water. You can bring him to the trough, but you can't make him drink water. Right. And someone said, if you give them enough salt, they will. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm like, you know, if you if you give them enough light and you give them enough goodness and you give them Jesus over and over, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is very attractive. Yeah. And if your life is not attractive, your kids are probably not going to be attractive to Jesus. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. So you have to live this life. You have to own it for yourself. You have to be an example First and foremost, yes, I said it. So anyway, did you want to do that one? Oh, yeah, I did. I had just a few examples of things that people do start well, just because these are things people start well and they don't finish well. And so the first one being diet, you know, New Year's comes around and everybody's like, all right, this year I'm going to get my weight under control. They start out pretty well. And people start well and they'll go for a while and stick to their diet or exercise plan or whatever it is that they're doing. And how many finish well though? Right. You know, so it's the finishing that really matters because we can start many things. You have to have the end in sight and like, okay, maybe you start off too much. And I think that's where a lot of parents fall is like, hey, we, we're trying to get everything into them as much as possible real quick. If you do that, you're so intense, you're never going to carry that out. You want right. to stretch this out for the long game. Yeah. Kind of like preparing for a race or working out. Same right. thing. New Year's comes along. Hey, I'm going to get in the gym. I'm going to work yeah. out. And uh, after that first day, you're like, I can't move. <laughs> I can't move. And uh, I'm not going to do this. And so maybe you make it through a month, but if you're training for a marathon, you don't run for a marathon the first day. Right. You don't run. Like you're training for a 10K. And um, I don't know what point you are, but you didn't run a 10K your first day. No. And I mean, even the first day, it's like running a minute, you know, and then you have a break and then you run for another minute. Like that was very difficult. And looking forward to like, I'm going to run 30 minutes straight seemed like, how will I ever get there? But you just every, you know, each time you just one step further and you just keep going. And now it's like, okay, now I I ran 40 minutes today. Right. So just just start, don't, don't, don't try to do it all at once. Right. You know, just don't don't try to lose that fifty pounds in one day. Right. Don't try to run the marathon in one day. And like reading through the Bible, don't try to read through the Bible in one day. You yeah. know, pace yourselves a little bit. Start out little. Start out if if you don't know what you're doing, start out small. Have just a basic conversation with your child. Ask them where they are. Ask them questions. Yeah. That's the, the the big thing is yeah. ask that they are willing to talk. Now, most of the times they're not going to answer your questions because they don't trust you. And they're going to come up and give monosyllabic answers, you know, and say like, yes, no, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, that's, that's not what you want. But even if that's what you get right now, take it. 
right. then eventually, you know, start opening up about your life when you were a kid right. and start to relate to them if, if you don't know how to do that. And, and you're like, well, we've gone four years and my kids just won't talk to me. Well, eventually they will if you make an effort. Right. You yep. got to make an effort. Yeah, pretty much. So 2 Timothy 4, 7. It says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now, once again, we've taken this verse and we're using it for our benefits here. It is talking about the, his, his end of his life and he has fought the good fight. Right. But can you say that as a parent? It is, you're in this for the long haul. Some of us are in it for 30 years, right. depending on how you spread your kids out. Some 40 maybe, I don't know. Yeah. But you got to finish well. You have to finish well. You can't start out well and finish badly. Right. Uh, I don't know if you could start badly and finish well, <laughs> but start well, well and finish well. That would be the goal. That's Let's right. do both well. That's right. But I think it's the finishing here that we're talking about that people yes. just tend to not do well. And I think that we should. And and I feel like, you know, I don't have it on there, but the verse that is grace is sufficient. I feel like God gives us what we need. He's yes. given us everything we need for life and godliness. And that includes parents. Thing, even when you get tired. And I mean, I remember when, you know, ours were all little and you have many sleepless nights. And now I have more sleepless nights, which is in a different way. You know, kids stay up and they want yep, to talk. talk. And, 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 you know, it's, yep. it happens to be at 10 o'clock at night that, you know, they really Dad, start one more question. pouring out their heart. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you have that choice. You can just say, well, it's time for bed or you can talk to them, you know, but right. it's, so it's the same. You just keep giving, but God gives you what you need to do it. And there is a time where you say, look, we need to go to bed, <laughs> yeah, and right. I'm not yeah. suggesting we stay up till two in the morning, even though we've done that sometimes. Um, but you just have to have a sense to be like, man, are you just asking questions just to stay up late? <sighs> yeah, which our kids have done sometimes. Um, but it's like there is times where you're like, look, we got a function in the morning. Can we talk about this tomorrow? But you know, you have to you have to be willing to sacrifice a little bit. Right. So Second Timothy four seven is a good one. What about Ecclesiastes? Like Leviticus. No, Ecclesiastes. <laughs> what is that? Not Leviticus. Ecclesiastes seven eight it says, "Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof." So that's where we're talking about. Thinking about the end. Right. Thinking about the goal. What is the goal that you want? When, when we had kids, I always told people, I'm not raising kids. I'm raising adults. Yeah. I don't want to raise kids. They're naturally going to be kids. I want to raise men and women of God, godly people here. Yeah. And I have to be very intentional. And we didn't start out with a great plan. We had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> You know, the first child, Abigail, poor kid, we just had no idea what we were doing. And we quickly learned and we had to read up on a lot of things. We, we sacrificed our time studying, reading the Bible, reading other people, listening to other people, you know, and, 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 and pulling from what people that we knew in person yeah. and putting all that together and all that knowledge and, and wisdom and, and figuring out what we were going to do with our kids. Yep, and the beautiful thing of Christianity is we have the Holy Spirit who guides us, and Absolutely. we could definitely look at our lives and see He guided us into learning how to parent well. Right. Because so, we don't, you know, they don't come with instruction manuals. No, no, no. And the body so. of Christ is a big help in the, in those things because we are clueless sometimes, especially this day and age where we're so disconnected from family. Right. And hopefully, we're raising up a generation that can trust their family, and that hey, they went through the battles, and we can let us learn from them. Yeah. And uh, But we kind of had to figure it out on our own, not to disparage our parents, but they didn't really uh, tell us how to raise our kids. Right. You know, they were just like, good luck. 
<laughs> and I'm like, okay. Uh, so yeah, Second Chronicles 15.7. says, be ye strong therefore and let not your hands be weak for your work shall be rewarded. Yeah, that's a very random verse pulled out of the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> but it fits, right? It does fit, so. Okay, so be strong and don't let your hands be weak. If you feel like we were talking to someone um, here at the Bible Bee that had to make some tough decisions because of health reasons, and they had to cut out some things in their life. And, you know, there are certain times where you're just going to, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah. Well, guess what? You need to cut some things out then. What, what's going to make your life a little easier? Not that it's about making your life easy, right. but what's going to make it easier for you to function in the way that you you can function and yeah. raise those kids up in a godly way. That's important. Yeah. Okay, we got a, a few a few other verses here. Acts, Acts 20, 24. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So it's the finish Finishing, the course. Yes, yeah. Yeah, he's, obviously, he's talking about his purpose that God called him to do. do. That's what he's and finishing. If, and if you have children, your purpose is to raise those kids to Absolutely. the glory of God to the end, not just till they're you know able to drive or have a degree. That's right. So. And then 1 Corinthians 9, 24. It says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize, so run that ye may obtain. Absolutely. And so that's, if you're going to join into a competition, kind of like the Bible be, yeah. some people do it just willy-nilly and they guess what they don't they don't make it to nationals they don't make it to semifinals they you're not gonna win unless you put the time in pretty much and yeah a lot of people actually just like we're talking about they start well and you know when we first get all the passages we print everything out we put it in a book and we cut up all the cards and and we come up with a plan of you know i'm going to memorize this many cards a day and so it can be done by this date and you come up with a plan but it's not that that matter i mean that matters but it's continuing that yeah. to the end that's actually going to pay off when you come to competitions. So. Well, and here's the good thing. Parenting is not a competition. That's right. Like, you don't have to be as good as we are, and we don't have to be as good as you are. Right. Uh, yeah, we, that's true. We just have to be faithful to the Lord. And Absolutely. God gave you your kids for a purpose, and it is our job to raise them. And you may say, I'm not as talented. Uh, we don't have this. We don't have that. Well, if you keep counting your weaknesses, then you're never going to you know, do anything. God gave you them for a reason, and you're to teach them. You're to raise them, whether you're good at it or not. Absolutely. Get good at it. You right. know, Make that your endeavor. Uh, maybe some people are a little bit more natural at taking care of babies, like you were. Yeah. I wasn't. You know, And I said, I'll wait until they're teenagers. And I actually found that I liked them better when they were younger. I'd get on the floor and play with them and and you, you assume that because I'm a talker, that I would do a lot of talking with them as their teens. And I do, and I do. But I really, really learned to enjoy that earlier stage of just being with them and playing on the floor with them and watching them line up their cars endlessly and, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, don't wait until your teen has a problem and then try to fix it with a weekly date night. That's usually not going to fix it. Yeah. But... It's not a bad start. Well, I mean, yeah, if that's where you are, then that's where you are. But I think a lot of times parents, they do take their hands off as their kids get older. And then when they notice a problem, they're like, oh, we should probably, you know, take them out on a date night or try to, you know, and it's like, how about you, you know, if you have younger kids, don't wait till you get to that point. Just continue the relationship right. and to continue to be involved in their life so you don't get to that point. Right, exactly. And that's kind of the whole point is just keep it going. Right. Just keep going. It, it's, it has, you have to adjust. That yep. is the big thing. It's no yep. longer playing Legos on the ground. 
and uh, you know changing diapers and giving them baths. You know, at some point you stop giving them baths. Right. You're not playing Legos with them. You might yeah. be doing construction with them, and you got to keep that relationship. Right. So that is the the big thing is keeping that relationship. Keep being a parent. Yeah. You're still a parent. Yep. Even when you're 70 years old, you're still a parent. That's right. That doesn't mean you control. Once again, we get this thing about control and parenting mixed up because we think of a five-year-old, I control every aspect of their life. Right. Well, that's not necessarily parenting. That's babysitting. You know, right. I could do that with anybody's kid. I'm watching exactly. them. But parenting is to help them along in their life. Yeah. And that doesn't stop even, um, even when you're 70. Now, Hopefully, by your se- what time you're 70, you don't really need to help them out too much. Right. But, um, but there are other things that will come up. Right. And, and the so Bible does talk about teaching your children. It also talks about teaching your grandchildren. So you do see that picture of you're still involved in their, yeah. their lives as they grow and as they start their own family. And so I feel like that's, that's the way God designed it to be. And that's the way you know, we need to keep going and not quit and not just because we're tired or it becomes difficult. It's, we're not told to just stop because they reach a certain age. So keep it up. Absolutely. Right. And, and then keep the interest in their lives. So like they, they're going to have interests that may be way different than yours. And yeah. that's all right. You know, right. sometimes parents aren't good with that. Well, get over it. <laughs> you know, right. Kids, somehow they got interested in something. Now, yeah. if it's sinful, obviously that's a different story. But right. we're, we're assuming that this isn't necessarily sinful. Um, but yeah, how many parents do you know that their three-year-olds likes and Dozens. What? What? what oh, that's like, a weird way of saying it. Okay. Well, like, how many parents know what their three-year-old likes? Right. So, like, if you know, I, I go to a friend's house and they pull out something, I'm like, oh, my three-year-old, they won't eat carrots or whatever. But how, how many parents know what their 16-year-olds like? A lot of times we don't know because we've just stepped out of their lives. It's like we no longer True. know things that you know are interesting to them. It's like, oh, I think they're into some kind of book series. I don't even know. It's like, well, we need to know. You need right. to be involved yep. in their lives and not just let them just coast over there Help under the same their roof. create their worldview. Because yeah. once again, going back to seasons of life, way back, if you go back to seasons of life, uh, season one, we talked about this. They're an open book, empty book. Yeah. Someone is writing in that book. Uh, hopefully, you're writing the most. Of, now, obviously, when they get older, other people are going to be writing in it, and that's natural and good. But if you just hand it over to the authors and YouTubers and friends, it's going to be a messed up book eventually because they need you to impart their your worldview to them. Yeah. It's it's very very important. Yep. So anyway, and what and uh, so what did you want to finish this off with? With the Bible Bee oh, we connecting did. it. We we did talk about that, but just that when you start Bible Bee, because that's what we're here for. Right. It's the finishing that matters, not the starting. Because there yep. are many many people that are like, oh sure, I'll do it. Well, once and again, I think finish. it's both. Yeah. It's the well, starting and finish because if you wait until October to start. Well, that's very true. Yeah. That's doesn't matter how well you finish That's a it. different yeah. topic. Right. So. Yeah. 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 But no, there's a bunch of people here that knows what it takes yeah. to compete in something like this and to give themselves over to something for a season and to really dedicate themselves. And, and, and that's an important quality. Yeah. That is a huge deal. And can we be able to do that for a life? And you say, I can't do that. Well, okay, at least you're being honest. But guess what? You have the Holy Spirit in you. I'm assuming we're talking to Christians out here and believers. And you have the Holy Spirit. You have other believers around you. Get help. Seek. You will find. Yeah. Well, and I did like what you said about parenting is not a competition. And you're right, right, because that's how it's different than like what we're here for, because we're, you know, we're not here to 
compare our parenting with everybody else's. We need to be faithful to do what God's asked us to do and to right. go to God and say, okay, I need help. And I do want to stay involved in my kids' lives. So help me to to recognize ways to do that. You know, yes. that's not just weird and like, okay, kids, I want to be part of your life now that I haven't been for the last two years. You know, it's like, maybe that's not the right approach, but God will show you. And, you know, if you're, you, if you trust him that he'll lead you, he will. Yes. So. Yes. No doubt. All right. Well, I think uh, that does it. I, I, a little bit shorter. We didn't get any emails. I did check and a guy from Netflix was like, hey, can you promote us? I'm like, uh, I don't think you know our show. <laughs> we are not promoting Netflix. But uh, anyway, so no, no, no. We didn't get any emails. But if you do want to email us, oh, I know what I wanted to do. Um, I got an email from Jared and uh, Jared was uh, our text message and he said, hey, man, I promoted your show this week. And I was like, thank you. That's I, I keep forgetting. We do have a network. If you go to fellowshipofbelievers.org and you go to podcast, there's a there's about four or five other podcasts. I actually forget how many there are, but you can the, the journey to Ukraine or something like that. The um, with the steels is on there. Um, you can go check their podcast out. Jared Dodd and his Blessed Family podcast. Uh, I'm sure he has a lot to say this time of year. He's he's more into the government side of things and Christianity and government. And we just had an election, so I'm sure he has a lot to say there. Yeah. Uh, go check that out. I, I know uh, Jeremiah and Andrew probably haven't done a podcast in a long time. They're both pretty busy right now. Um, I think that's all our podcast. I don't know if there's another one on there, but uh, go check out the other podcasts. Uh, please support them and help them and um, listen to their stuff. I, I think they're pretty good. So uh, anyway, if you want to email the show, it is mail at, is not mail. Yeah. It's talk, <laughs> talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org or yeah, that's right. Talk, talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. I should know my own email address. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. I hope you're having a good day like we are and have a blessed week and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Joshua Charleston, the producer for The Mike Charleston Show. If you enjoyed listening to the show, please help us spread the word by liking, subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, or just tell a friend. If you're watching on YouTube, feel free to leave a comment down below. If you'd like to be a part of the show, please email us at talk at fellowshipofbelievers.org. We look forward to hearing from you. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Mike Charleston Show. The Mike Charleston Show. The Mike Charleston Show.